poetry, conversation, and a lot of waves of emotion. My name is Avia Shunson, and welcome to Waves. Take a deep breath in. Breathe out. Let's recite some affirmations together. I am positive. I surround myself with positive themes. I am love. I surround myself with love. I reside in an abundance of peace. I am worthy of good things. I attract what is meant for me. I am in control of my thoughts. I am in control of my actions. I am free to be me. Welcome back to the Wave Podcast. My name is Avia Shelton and I'll be your host. Today's episode is going to be about mindfulness and self-actualization. So I suffer from anxiety. I always have ever since about elementary school. And I remember being in, I think it was fifth grade when I had my first anxiety attack. So I was sitting in the movies with my mom and my daddy and my uncle and my aunt and my cousin. We were seeing Dreamgirls. And the movie theater was packed, like, too packed. It was a lot going on. And I think I just, I think I was overwhelmed, really. But all of a sudden, like, I just, I felt like I couldn't breathe. My chest was tight. And I was just freaking out. And so my mom and my daddy, that took me to the hospital. And they said that it was anxiety. So when you're in a really anxious state, in my opinion, your thoughts can kind of just be all over the place. Um, your chest may feel tight, you're restless, and just overall just agitated. And just, there's no feeling of calm like anywhere. And as I mentioned before, writing sometimes helps me to combat this. Reflecting and focusing on triggers helps me to better come up with solutions so that I'm able to avoid future anxiety attacks or at least experience less severe ones. I was introduced to mindfulness about two years ago by my co-teacher. She would implement mindfulness by way of meditation or doing body scans with our students. It wasn't until last year that I began to practice it on my own. And honestly, this started because of an action research project I had to complete for grad school. I studied mindfulness in the classroom and the benefits of it, kind of piggybacking off of my studies of trauma-informed classrooms. Um, But as I began to research and implement mindfulness through meditation with my students, I began to also incorporate it into my own personal life as well because I wanted to be able to, I wanted to make sure I was implementing it the correct way with my students. So therefore I had to practice it on my own so I would know how to lead a meditation and um and so I could know firsthand how it felt for myself 
you know, before I had my students do it. Practicing mindfulness has allowed me to slow down, take in every moment, and observe my surroundings more closely. I think I've been able to think more clearly and identify emotions quicker and problem solve more efficiently. I'm no expert and I don't practice mindfulness all the time. I'm trying to incorporate it more though into my life to where I'm doing it daily because it it really does um, help me and it does, it has affected me in a positive way. Pairing affirmations with mindful meditation is something that I've started doing recently. Um, and for me, it's just a way to really start my day in a positive way. Just stating, okay, I am positive. I am this. I am going to do this. I just It gets me going and it motivates me. It's also a good way for me to end my days. Sometimes I'll do it at night. And, you know, just to lay down with positive thoughts floating in my mind. Our words are very powerful and we are what we speak. So I hope you guys enjoy and can take something from this conversation. Thanks for listening to Waves. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Waves podcast. My name is Avia Shumpton, and I'll be your host. Today, I have a friend of mine with me, Caleb Edgehill. And today, we're going to be talking all about mindfulness. So, Caleb, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what exactly Minging Zingy is, and how it came to be? Okay, great. Thanks for having me on, Avius. Thanks for having the podcast. Mingi Zingy is a mindful-based stress reduction company. Uh, Mingi stands for mindfulness, and Zingy stands for Zen. Um, about myself, really, uh, born in New York City and raised in Jersey area. And uh, now I'm living in a Gully Geechee low country of South Carolina. You know, health and wellness entrepreneur, um, firefighter by profession. And a teacher, but um, just really a man at the end of it. Um, thank you, thank you. So thank you for being here. I'm excited to dig into this. So, when did you realize that you had a passion for mindfulness? Like, where does all this come from? Hmm. Oh, I realized I had a passion actually. Um, 2012, when the world was supposed to be ending, supposedly then. So. <laughs> The world's been ending for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just looked around my environment and saw a lot of obese, unhealthy people. Uh, saw a lot of people who were impoverished, struggling, and suffering. And just decided to see what I can do about it in my community. And I figured out that meditation and mindfulness at least would give people a little bit of space in their mind, if not their environment, to be peaceful. Mm. I know me, myself, I started getting into mindfulness a little bit last year um, because of a project that I was working on for grad school. And it really has helped me in my life to kind of just slow down and just be in the moment. And it's really helped my anxiety. I don't suffer as much. And when I do feel it coming on, I'm able to just stop and like figure out, okay, what's going on, what's causing it, and just be in that moment. So holistic healing, in your book, you mentioned holistic healing. So what is that? Yeah, so part of my book is um, deals with holistic healing in the sense of truly breaking down health, not only from a treatment standpoint, which a lot of times, you know, in the West, all about treatment, the Western side of hemisphere of medicine, um, but not only breaking that down, breaking down the Eastern side, which is more preventative. 
So you want to have a balance, actually. You don't want to be all preventative measure, but you also don't want to be all treatment-based. You want to have a holistic. So you want to prevent illness. You want to maintain health and wellness. And then you want to treat disease and disorder whenever it arises. So the holistic approach comes from having a truly whole view of your health. Mm -hmm. And in your opinion, can mindfulness help with that? Yeah, mindfulness definitely helps with at least giving you the chance to have a new perspective. Now, I may not, it's not a cure-all, but it definitely can help you see where you can develop, where you're doing good, and, you know, a combination of those. Mm-hmm. How has mindfulness helped you in your personal life? For my personal life, um, it helped me, number one, in my profession, firefighting, just being in emergency situations, medical, just being calm. But besides that, it's helped me in my interpersonal communication with others, uh, networking, you know, public speaking, uh, goal setting. Mindfulness truly sets you on a different type of path than being unmindful or just sporadic or, you know, on a whim. Now, you can be all those things and be mindful, but when you're mindful, you're less likely to live a hasty life. Mm Because the nature of mindfulness is taking things a little bit slower than usual. And here in the western side of the hemisphere, we move very fast pace, especially in the USA. Mm-hmm. And you always have this like calm vibe and you just give off such a peaceful vibe all the time, Caleb. <laughs> grateful, grateful. Um, how would you define self-actualization? Hmm, so Albert Maslow, the uh, psychologist, he defined it as... Um, the continual attainment towards the highest peak of human achievement. Now, what that looks like is like, a, take a pyramid, for example, and the peak being the apex and the bottom being the foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-actualization means reaching that peak, you know, and, and working through the foundation of home safety and security, working your way all the way up through the, the various needs, uh, hierarchy of needs for self-development to the peak where you're completely, you're not, it's, it's perceived to be like nirvana, but it's not, you're, you're, not, you're not in a God state, mm-hmm. more so. You're really just feeling fulfilled with who you are and, and feeling like you're on your purpose. So when do you know you are self-actualized? Or like, is it an ongoing thing in your opinion? Yeah, it's an ongoing thing until, I feel like until you leave this, this earth. Mm-hmm. But, um... You can become self-actualized at any age, truly. I mean, you know, with a certain kind of degree of thinking. But it's really about when you feel fulfilled and when you know that you're making progress, which is steps towards a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but comparative to being stagnant, right, or, or going backwards even, being self-actualized is when you have really full accountability for your actions, full accountability for your consequences, and therefore reap whatever you sow. I feel like that's a point when you're self-actualized, when you can recognize that your causes have effects. Mm -hmm. So do you think that mindfulness can lead to self-actualization, or or do they kind of go hand in hand? Do they relate to each other? Hmm, I think it definitely can lead to it. They're not really attached. You can be, you don't have to be mindful Mm -hmm. and self-actualized. It helps. But, um... They're not truly attached. Um, you can use it as a tool, like anything else. Mindfulness is really 
like a neutral tool. It's a tool you can really use almost anywhere. It's like water, you know. You can you can use water to pressure wash things. And it's a high it's like dangerous water. Or you can use water to just be hydrated. You know, so mindfulness can a tool you can use in any kind of environment, to say the least. Mm. So why is it important to experience self actualization? Mm, yeah, so when it comes to self-actualization, it's important to be able to say you got the most out of this life. You know, that's my perception. Um, and really just, yeah, feel like uh, you experienced Earth when you were here, you know. Mm-hmm. No one truly knows what's, what's after or where we were before, but, you know, the speculations can be what they are, but... There's a guarantee that we won't be here forever. And so, you know, that's a lot of my motivation for wanting to be self-actualized. Because I wouldn't want to waste, perceivably, maybe my only chance down here, um, living mediocre or unactualized. You know, that's the opposite of that. Right. Okay, so let's talk about mindset. So in your book, there was an affirmation and it said that everything that happens to me it's the best possible thing that can happen to me. So how has this type of mindset, this belief, changed your outlook on life? Yeah, that's a very important one. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to take a voice recording of my own answer for my own sake later too. Um, now, when it comes to that quote, can you say it one more time for me? So there's a quote and it said in your book, there is... Everything that happens to me is the best possible thing that can happen to me. Now, what I meant by everything that happens to me is the best possible thing that can happen to me. Dealing with one of my one of my um very close friends, Takai Dryden, in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Me and him would like train, go to Jersey City Park, New York City, and do real calisthenic. Um, oriented workouts and um, this I'll give two examples briefly mm-hmm. the first one is um, we were doing muscle ups pull up cycles and we challenged each other and my brother Takai was doing non-stop muscle ups mm-hmm. and his mantra that he would encant to himself was my body will not fail me my body will not fail me mm. and you know, I tried it. We both tried it. And it actually worked out pretty well just using that mental affirmation. My body will not fail me. Now, the second one is me and Takai have a slogan called EH4AR. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's tied to the quote you just said. Everything that happens to me is the best thing that can happen to me because everything happens for a reason. So if it's suffering, if it's positive, if it's quote-unquote negative, if it's good or if it's bad, you know, it's the best reason because afterwards, you know, you'll get a different perspective. You'll have more knowledge. You'll have lived more, have more wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really just places you in a more optimistic worldview. You know, it puts you, I'd say it puts you in a more abundant state of mind rather than scarcity. And it's a mental affirmation that you can just 
really ingrained on your subconscious mm -hmm. that'll change your own reality because you know they say words have power and right. you can speak life or death so everything that happens to me is the, is the best thing that can happen to me and that's the life that I choose to speak over my own mm -hmm. and you know self-fulfilling prophecy it, it comes true right I definitely agree like you said words have power the tongue is very powerful and you want to speak life over yourself um, but I really like that affirmation. I actually, when I read it, I was like, wow. So I wrote it down um, I because I that. keep affirmations for myself to recite daily. And that was that was really good. Um, in your book, you also briefly address the importance of taking responsibility for your own life. Why is that important? Mm -hmm. Accountability. Mm -hmm. So it's important because, you know, accountability to me goes hand in hand with shame and humility. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a, a very big ego-driven society here in America. Not only America, but just the whole world. But I'm dealing with America right now, where I am. And so, um, taking accountability for your actions. You know, when you mess up, you should have a sense of shame and humility. And when you're successful, you should feel positive, you know. You should feel elated. Right. Um, so, for me, taking accountability really just puts you back in the proper swing of um, your human rights as a person, which is to, you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But in that pursuit of happiness, you have to be accountable for when you mess up mm -hmm. or when you're or when you're correct. You know, otherwise your pursuit of happiness will turn into an illusion of happiness, and you, and you'll be uh, deceived by you know whether you, are you going forward, backwards, left or right, mm -hmm. or just spinning around. And when you're accountable, you actually know where you're going. You know what's next. You can see the goals. You can see the falters. Um, it just gives you a better chance at being self-actualized. Therefore, it gives you a better chance at winning in this in this game called life. Mm. So can you explain what a paradigm is and how these shape our lives? Man, shout out to my man T. If the paradigm changes, I mean, if the paradigm doesn't change, nothing will ever change. That's how it is. So mm -hmm. if the paradigm stays the same, nothing will change. Excuse me, that's how it was in the book. Mm -hmm. And we wrote that, if the paradigm stays the same. So the paradigm is literally uh, the created mental state you have for your world. You know, mm -hmm. some people have created a paradigm of, I've always had bad luck. Or they say, I'm never going to win. I don't win prizes. Or, you know, and there are some people who have a positive paradigm. I always win money. Uh, I always will have more than enough. And so a paradigm is really a mental, basically, frame. Let's say, for example, you're building a house. A paradigm is the foundation of that house. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you build a sturdy one or you have a weak one, it's really up to you on how diligent you are. And really, if you pay enough attention to details in crafting a very sturdy paradigm or foundation mm -hmm. for your house. Okay. So, what has Mingi Zingi accomplished so far? Man, it's been a long journey. <laughs> Shoot, it's been a long journey, yo. 2013, when we really first found it, we didn't do anything. I mean, we had a few nature hikes, a few meditations. We actually did a lot, I'll say. <laughs> I'll positively affirm, we did a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so far though, we've taught at 
you know, uh, several schools, universities, um, one international, University of London, a few here, you know, College of Charleston, mm-hmm. University of Connecticut, and we've had in-person health and wellness seminars, you know, health and wellness clients, um, intuitive eating-based classes. We've, we just really have developed a number one uh, a database of experience knowledge and contacts but mm-hmm. what we've done is help shape people's minds around mindfulness and wellness and really created a grassroots um, a grassroots meditation club mm-hmm. you know we, we've started from just me and my partner and have been able to Avoid some of the pitfalls that like multi-level marketing may have and seeming pyramid scheming. We've avoided, you know, some traps that other business models might have. And we've just stuck stuck true to being a, a mindfulness, meditation-based stress reduction brand. You know, helping people deal with one of the most preeminent things in our lives, which is our mind. So we've done a lot, done some good things, done some bad things. Yeah. Hasn't been all roses, you know. There's been some pretty shady deals go down. There's been some, uh, there's been some times where, you know, we've been on the wrong, they've been on the wrong. But over all in all, it's been great just to be health and wellness entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's really amazing. Like you said, y'all really have came so far. I was looking at your page the other day like, dang, 2013. Right. Like, time really flies and y'all have done a lot, so... What does the future for Mingy Zingy look like? Where do you hope to go? You know, time does fly. Time does fly. Soon it'll be 2023, you know? Right. Future is here. Future is now, really. Um, so so what it looks like for Mingy Zingy is, yeah, a lot more literature. Um, we want to basically have an encyclopedia of mindfulness um, mm-hmm. at, the end of, at the end of it, you know? But it looks like more apparel, merchandise, mm-hmm. um, more speaking engagements, you know, private seminars, um, health and wellness slash financial wellness seminars. It just looks like a continuation of engagement, mm. uh, a, a gradual scaling of the business. Now, you know, me and my business partner together have different business plans and, mm. and we come together for this joined one. But I, I think it looks like truly a progression but in a sense of developing more genuine network genuine contacts to have more impactful events mm-hmm. we're going for more so quality over quantity mm-hmm. so the future of Mingy Zingy looks like more quantitative and more qu- quality um, oriented events rather than just having a lot more just for the sake of it. So it looks like building a very, very strong core and developing that to the best of our ability. Right. I feel you. I understand that. I see that you guys just had, it looked like it was a small, intimate event y'all had. Um, right. A little meditation, I guess, session y'all had that looked really cool. Where was it? Yeah, so our last one we had was a um, financial health and wellness seminar in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia. Um, this was amidst the, the pandemic, actually, too. So, you mm-hmm. know, you know, business doesn't stop. It's just the opportunity is always there. It's just wherever you're looking. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, that paradigm. 
and it was in Atlanta, Georgia, at one of our uh, keynote speakers' houses. You know, one of our good friends we met up in Massachusetts, and it was a great time, a great opportunity. Uh, we were talking about foreign exchange. You know, this is a volatile time for the stock market. Right. We learned about you know, certain types of options, and, and it was our, our chance to lead the group in meditation and mindfulness mm -hmm. afterwards, so it was a great time in Atlanta, preaching health and wellness, learning about financial health and wellness, and it was a private event, so invitation only, but, you know, mm -hmm. things like that, where we actually get to teach people who want to be taught. Right. Well, thank you for being here with me today, Caleb. Um, you guys, check out his book, he, him and the co-founder. What's his name? Takai. Takai. They have a book called Mingi Zingi, and it's all about um, a guide to self-actualization. So you guys check that out. Um, follow Caleb on his social media handles, which is... Yo, follow me <laughs> on Instagram at Lord Caleb. L-O-R-D-C-A-L-E-B. Thank you guys for listening.